Welcome, guys, to the season two finale. This is it. Man, I want to cue up the final countdown. I love that song, by the way, when it comes on. How much, how long, how, much, how long of a clip of audio from a, a song can we play without having to ask for... <laughs> for the rights? <laughs> We're going to make it happen. And, and if we have to cut it off super short, yeah. you keep singing it. You can literally hear... Three notes of that and know what song it is. Totally. And if um, you're pumping your head, then you're our people. Yeah, totally. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, well, I'll start the episode just with a, a thanks to all the people that listen and share. And um, I don't know how consistently people outside of the U.S. listen to our podcast, but Anchor has me believing that people all over the world at least one or two times a year are listening to this shit. Dude, check this out. We have like... We had a 2.5x jump this year mm -hmm. in listenership, which yeah. is amazing. I mean, we, the cool thing to me, so we closed up uh, last season, uh, and these are metrics I got no problem sharing with, with the people who listen. Um, you know, I think last year we had just around 2,000 plays. Yeah, I think we were a little short. Of, yeah, like a little short of 2,500. Yeah. Um, and then this year we had another 5,300 plays on top of that. And the cool thing to me is that people are going back yeah. and listening to the whole progression. Because when I go back and I listen to that first episode that we did, like we did a pretty good job, but we do a way better job now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's just, you know, and part of that's like, you just, you don't know, you wouldn't know. Actually, the only reason that the first ones were, were, you listen to them, you're like, oh, that wasn't that bad. They did okay. Yeah. It's because of D. Yeah. Because totally. the, the audio quality has always been good. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I, I have even Abby, she goes, I listen to it. And she goes, you guys have just such good like radio voices. And I'm like, no, I'm a marbly, warbly piece of shit talker. <laughs> it's just D was good, but yeah. he's been good from the beginning. Yeah. And we, so, and we just kind of like, <laughs> we rose to meet that. Yeah. We got better, <laughs> but he'd always been good. So I think that's what. Yeah. But people uh, are, they're going back and, and, you know, we're meeting people that, you know, meet for what, through the team or through the whatever, and they go back and they're like, yeah, we started from the beginning. I'm like, dude, that's freaking awesome. Yeah. No. So, um, massive thanks to all the, all the, all the listeners and, uh, you know, we're looking forward to, uh, we've already kind of started mapping out what season three is. And I think each year we've had a little bit of a story to tell and we'll have another story to tell this year coming up. So, uh, with all that in mind, <laughs> just before we hit record, things got like pretty aggressive about nutrition. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I thought they were normal, but yeah. <laughs> um, it's confession time for me. Okay. Have you ever done um, something to your bike and the net results of that thing were good, but you chose not to share that you did the thing with me that maybe you shouldn't have done, but it turned out okay? Okay, I can see what. Okay, have you have you done that? Have you we, ever have you ever done a thing to your bike and been like, man, I don't know if I should tell Harley about this, but it's all working out, so I'll just I'll leave it be. Yeah, no, yeah, I've yeah I've done that. Yeah, and I've admitted things to you. <laughs> you have so that I've done to my bike. This is admitting time for I've, me. I've admitted things that I I didn't want to admit them, but I was like, 
I just have to. And I don't know why this feels like a confession. This is ridiculous. I don't know, but I love you did confession voice. Um so I have had uh a long history of in-body tests. And the one thing that will change on my in-bodies is my muscle mass. The one thing that won't change is my body fat percentage. And you and I have picked it apart from every direction. Um, I've tempered my, hey, Justin, what can I do through the lens of do more? And when I finally hit the point of, fuck, man, how much more can I do? God damn it. Like, I had the most rigorous gym program from August to March that I've ever had. I was six days a week, you know, I thought killing it. Man, my performance was improving, but my body metrics weren't shifting, um, on and on and on. And I all, all, all things fitness and nutrition, I filter through Justin and I stepped outside of that umbrella and I started doing time restricted eating to massively positive results. Dude, <laughs> all the kudos in the world to you for it. Uh, intermittent fasting works. If your body has extra fat, like if your body has some, has some extra fat, disposable fat, ready to go, like wants to get off, but can't move, intermittent fasting works. Now, I don't coach it, right? And I don't coach it because it's just feel like it, it's a thing. And so like when the thing stops, yeah. then the results. So that's why I don't coach it. Sure. But I I have many people in the gym on intermittent fasting. I don't have them on. They've chosen to do right. it. And they say, how do I work around this or with this? It freaking works. So the takeaways for me of, so it's not going to be permanent. I do it seven days a week right now. And it works perfectly for my lifestyle. Um, And... The, my workouts are like, I feel strong in the rides and the workouts that I do. So I don't feel like I'm compromising anything there. Um, my weight is going down and I, and I don't have an in-body at home. I have just a shitty, you know, scale, but things are all moving in the right direction. Now, what I will say and my plan is to find a point where I'm happy with where, and that'll involve coming in for some, yeah, yeah, some yeah. real stuff, but it's not going to be my life forever. Right? Like you can't be an endurance athlete. I don't think based on the reading I've done, you can't be an effective endurance athlete and do intermittent fasting in any meaningful way. Yeah. I mean, well, it's, it's so there's a strategy to right. eating for endurance yeah. racing and there's yeah. a strategy for intermittent fasting. Right. You can't have two strategies at the same time. Exactly. Right. So, so yeah. Uh, but what it has created for me is dude, my meal prep is on point. Well, yeah. And it's something that I feel is like super sustainable and able to carry forward. Yeah. And so the, so you've been a bit, your body fat has been a bit of an, an enigma, mm -hmm. right? Because it hasn't moved a whole lot and you've always done meal prep. Right. Like, yeah, but like kind of like when I look at what I'm doing now versus what I was doing, it's so I, I am also tracking calories, but I started tracking calories because I wanted to make sure I got enough in a short window. When you're used to eating all day, right? It's not hard to be like, yeah, I definitely got 
2,500 calories in 14 hours. You know, yeah. if your first meal is at seven and your last meal is at nine, which is let's that's way too long of an eating window anyway, probably for just like existing. Um, there's no stress there, and so I started that, and and now I I'm not like a maniac about it, um, but I've learned a lot about what I. I thought I was doing meal prep and I thought I was doing pretty good. But when you're like kind of really met almost measuring to make sure you get enough mm -hmm. for me is what, where it came from, like making sure that the portions are where they should be. So that like in my eight hour, nine hour window, I'm getting what I need. Um, so really, if you think about it, <clears throat> intermittent fasting in your world, if you're doing eight, eight hours of eating, mm -hmm. it's taken away a little bit in the morning, mm -hmm. which you don't do morning workouts. So you don't struggle then with the fueling for the activity, Correct. right? People who do morning workouts, they're going to struggle. They're going to struggle unless you're doing low intensity cardio, and then you can do fasted cardio mm -hmm. at a low intensity. And that's, that's okay. Shoot. I, I, I went mountain biking with my wife the other day. That's not super high intensity for me. Abby, you're great. It's just we're at different levels. It's not super high intensity. All I had was a Bobo's bar. I go out and I'm going to do my own ride in totally the morning. Different. I'm having two pieces of big French toast, maple syrup. I yeah. got peanut butter. I got tons of calories in there, right? So if you're doing intermittent fasting and doing low intensity cardio, that's fine. You don't do morning workouts, so you're fueling to come sit at the shop. Mm -hmm. No, I'm not saying you don't move around. It's while not you're sitting at the fucking shop. It's not a workout, right? So from resting heart rate to about aerobic threshold, you just burn fat anyway, and so you're fine. You don't really need to be fueled, and then you have an eight hour window. So the, the only thing that's really cutting out for you is morning and then late night eating, yep. which is not self-serving for yep. you anyway. Yeah. So it works. Now, again, like you said, you go into a race schedule. It's all going to have to change. But but it works. The biggest hangups with that, you've already nailed it, which I'm actually like, um, like I kind of feel like you made out with the chick that I was into <laughs> a little bit. But you were really respectful about it. <laughs> and you treated her well. Um, but it sounds like you did your research. And so people struggle to get enough food when they intermittent fast. If you skip a meal when you're doing intermittent fasting, you're even more hosed than you did if you were like a six meal a day, which is what I coach, um, a six meal a day ma macro-based nutrition. If you miss one of those, you still have five meals. You can mm -hmm. kind of like wedge your windows. If you miss one of the intermittent fasting, you can shut the body back down and then you're kind of fasting within your fast and that's jacked up. Uh and people under eat. So yeah. um, you do need to pay attention to those things. And it, it often means like within that intermittent fasting window, most people do three meals. I don't know if you're doing three, but well, yeah. if you can wedge a fourth in, people who are trying to work out within it will wedge like a fourth in there and you're eating like every two hours, give yeah. or take. Yeah, so I'm, I'm getting four if you count a recovery meal after exactly. a workout. So, and that would be like, that's perfect yeah. for people who intermittent fast. Yeah. So but. anyway, I don't know. I just like, it, I felt like I, I, I swallowed a frog for like six, cause it's been six weeks <laughs> No, and, that, and I've been hesitant to share it. Cause I, I don't even know why I know you wouldn't have talked shit. Well, um, and that's a, like, you know, I felt like I was making out with the chick you were into. Yeah. <laughs> like, now, like if you were going to, if you were going over to like freaking, uh, wherever orange theory <laughs> yeah. endorphin yeah. Pearl street, yeah. I would have been like, what the hell dude? I, no, I just fucked punch you in the throat <laughs> is what I would have done. And I've just like, I've been in more fights more recently in my life yeah. than you have yeah, been. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but, but 
right now I'm trying to like I I I'm curious to come in and do some in body stuff and see where things are because yeah. I feel really good about a lot of things and a lot of what my takeaways are going to be about meal prep and meal structure um, after. I grad graduate from intermittent fasting, <laughs> you know, and you can do, you probably have the opportunity cause you had some room, you had some, some stuff to get rid of. Mm-hmm. You have the opportunity to do it for probably a, a good amount of months before yeah. you have to say, I think I can probably make it through December before I have to mm-hmm. change in any meaningful way. And, uh, I'm actually proud of you for like, it's a strategy. It takes effort, it takes work. And you're seeing some results. Stick with the damn thing, dude. Yeah. I'm all for it. No, I, I like I said. I know you wouldn't be mad at me or like talk shit to me, but it's just like yeah. And this feels like, and it'll tie into some of what we're going to talk about. Like, there's some some growing pains that come with it, right? Yeah. No, um, that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, I'm yeah. fast forwarding. Now through you're, the episode. you're like click, click, yeah. click. So yeah. Harley acted all cool, like he had to tell me this because I need to get this burden off my chest. Bullshit, dude! In 16 minutes, you're gonna have to talk <laughs> about this thing that happened, and there's no way for you to talk about that thing unless you just cleared the air. Yeah. Well, I and uh, it tied in. Yeah. Well, right. Yeah. Um. So anyway, we have some race recaps. We do. So now that I've, I'm done with my my confession. So. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, you know, the first season of the podcast, we, we had Breck Epic was the big, was the big flag at the end of the year. Um, and, the, and at the end of this season was going to be, we had a huge group doing Leadville and the 2020 race season implodes because of the spiky little virus. And Got so three prongs. <laughs> dude. And so we, uh, we didn't quite have a flag to plant, um, except we're wily and more things happen. We do our own race series and then. I worked really hard to to make 2020 a stepping stone in my in my personal racing career, and all of those things have come together, and we've actually got another flag to plant at the end of the season, which is cool, and it's real racing, and yep. uh, and that's what we're here to do. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think now's the time for you to just brag, dude. Like, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know how, like, you right. In the face of a global pandemic where there wasn't a lot of opportunities to, a lot of opportunities to be great, um, there was a race series that the promoters were committed to making the race series be a thing, and there was a group of race racers who were committed to to racing it, and you were one of them. Yeah. So, you know, we did this. We did these big goals <clears throat> at, the be- at the beginning of the year. Remember, we had the. E3 party we've talked about in the episode where we, we went in there with a white shirt and wrote mm-hmm. our goal on our white shirt and had a picture. And um, I wrote win a national championship on a single speed national championship. That was the big plan. That was the goal. And, you know, USAC canceled all national championships. Matter of fact, email just went out today. They finally canceled cyclocross. Yep. So um, cross is canceled. It was the last. So they canceled every single one of them. Every national champ. There are no national champs this year. Yeah. And so, well, that made the 2020 goal impossible. And, you know, I'd, I'd heard of this national ultra endurance series, and it was an opportunity to compete on a national scale for something. And even though it's not a national championship, I, it it aligned with my goal. And so I was like, "Well, let's make this the goal now." So I'll pivot. And um, yeah, I'm super proud to say that I won the national ultra endurance series in the single speed category, which is like super fucking bad. Kind of a big deal, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, uh. It's, it's not a it's yeah. not a USAC national championship, but I mean it's a multi race series. None of them are easy. None of them are short. Right, hundred milers, all of them. Right, which um, 
all hundred milers, most are single track, all over ten thousand feet of climbing, all over the country, big race fields, pull in like hot racers, people that are up there. Yeah. Um, and it, it's one of those deals where now when I go into other races, like with this title on my back uh, or on my shoulders, it it's you know, you get to meet the race director when you show up type right. of stuff, yeah, which totally. is fucking super cool. You do cool. get a like, little bit of a, a, a welcome. Yeah, dude. I, I um, Man, I, I wrote the race recap for the last NUE, and towards the end of it, I kind of admitted this a little bit, that um, part of me felt like I was escaping the challenges of big race fields and racing just an open division with gears to switch to, well, I'll go to single speed, and, and I'll race in there. And the wins feel have felt like uh, not as genuine because it's a smaller field. It's a smaller category, right? I got this like dick of a friend who's always like, you know, yeah, but where are you like in the world with like the, with the race finish, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you mean? No, this is legitimate. He goes, well, where are you in the world? I'm like, what do you mean? Dude? I, I won the single speed division. He's like, yeah, but he's like, yeah, but like, but if like everybody in the world raced, where would you rank? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, like, it's cool. You're the fastest, like Justin with light hair and light eyes that lives in Colorado <laughs> that races a single speed in like that division. You got first. That's neat. But where are you? I'm like, you mean like the guys in the pro Peloton? He's like, yeah, like in the world. Like, no, dude, it's like, it doesn't work. It doesn't that work way. that way. But that thought sits in the back of my mind. Right. Yeah. And then it, uh, it, and then he's still my friend. Like I don't, he's not trying to hurt me, but he's keeping me in check a little bit. Right. And that's been in the back of my mind. I'm like, okay, you won, but this guy didn't show up. Like, but you won, but these three guys didn't show up. But you won, but like, case in point, Tony here at the shop. Tony, the shop's faster than me, right? He just hasn't happened to race these. If you race these races, would he be? And finally, after winning the whole series, I mean, I've traveled across the country, been flying all over my bike. Dude, I'm fucking fast. And the title told it to me, and it, like, brag a little bit feels really cool yeah, yeah. you know a little chest pu- puff yeah for sure every i get a race every race next year and all the entry fees are covered i get to go as a guest to the race <laughs> fucking a so guess who's doing 13 1300 mile races next year <laughs> I'm 14 technically 14 because you got leadville got leadville um, um yeah dude it's it's super cool that's awesome and you know so I know this person, Justin, sitting across from me, and I know how he is. And you came back from the most Shenandoah was the most recent one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you come back and you're like, dude, clenched it, like mathematically, nobody can catch me. I'm like that's awesome. He's like, yeah, there's one more. I was like, you're going. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm going. You know, it's uh, we one of our just recent episodes we talked about like to be a racer, you gotta like race to win. Yeah, you know. You can't turn it off. I <laughs> before I even saw you, I knew you were doing the last one <laughs> just to put the stamp on it. Did you notice I didn't bring the travel bag back? No, I, it's in the garage. Did you notice I didn't fucking ask you for it? <laughs> yeah, I did actually. Uh, yeah, so there's one more race. It was actually supposed to supposed to have just occurred. It got postponed because of the fires in California. Mm-hmm. But and so awesome that it wasn't canceled. Right, right, because yeah. cancellation meant a whole different thing. Yeah, it got canceled. Could have, could have, couldn't, could have negated the whole series even being a valid deal this year, which right. would have been a bummer. So um, it's postponed and, because uh, there are other categories that somebody could have moved up a slot or won right. by doing right. Yeah, like, like your your category 
it's signed, sealed, delivered. Nobody can catch you. But there's other categories that right could have been contended at that last one, right? Yeah, because the way a series works, you know, there'll be a certain amount of races in a series, and then they'll take your top x x amount of finishes yeah. or finishes. So you can do all of them. Like next yeah. year, you can do all thirteen. It's gonna be your top four. Yeah. This year was a little bit smaller because there were less races, but still there were multiple races to get your best. And yeah, I had fortunately I've done all of them, and my scores were high enough. You know, I got a, a one and a one and a two. You can't mathematically couldn't beat it. Beat right. it. But uh, the other thing is the guy who won last year, um, Eli. He's done all the races this year as well, and I kind of got his number. And because he won last year, he's free entry into all of them. Mm-hmm. And I've seen him in all of them. And now we've become friends. He's really cool. He lives in uh, he lives in Cincinnati, and he's a police officer there. And the guy's jacked, dude. He's like monster. Anyhow, uh, he's gonna be out there as well. And I saw it. and I'm like, dude, I just gotta go just one more time just yeah. to line up with him. But also because I love racing with him. It's, yeah. it's it's a cool community, you know. Yeah, I mean that's generally speaking, racing community as a whole. Yeah. So, um, and I'm not alone. Uh, this is actually, if you remember, remember a few years ago, a couple of years ago, I go, I went and did La Ruta, mm-hmm. and, but that was like my uncle Derek's goal. We yep. talk about him all the time. Yep, yep. Um, and I kind of took, it was his dream race and I was like, well, I'm going to go do it. And then, and then he went and did it with me the following year. The NUE was his thing. Like that's what he was going to compete for. And he had his whole 2020 mapped around. Oh, it. I remember he was going to do like 10 of them. Or yeah. Right? And his whole thing, he was doing tour and all this stuff. Well, with, with Nationals getting canceled, I just jumped on them. I'm like, well, I'll do them too. And so he's made it really easy for me because he's logistically got all that stuff hammered out. Um, he's going to come do the last race too. Nice. Of so course. Uh, now, and, and that means now we're doing 13 of them next year. <laughs> <laughs> so are you even going to run your business next year? Uh, I'm just going to run until the train until the yeah. train comes <laughs> off the track. Yeah, just, just wide full open until it comes off. You know, the good news is. That, running a gym and training for races are kind of, they go hand in hand. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah for sure. Works out real well. And so, like the real like nuts and bolts of running it is just a laptop and an internet connection. Right. Like that, that part of it. Yeah. I mean the last, uh, the last race flying out to Virginia, I did payroll in the airport. Yeah. Um, and with, through the powers of Venmo, everyone got paid on time. Yeah. yeah. So it was great. But, uh, it, dude, it was, it's, it's a really cool, uh, it's a really cool evolution to be on in, you know, I, I wanted to start this. I actually thought about starting a, a, sec, a men's group. I know this sounds it's gonna be it, weird. It's a very out-of-vogue thing right now. but yeah, This is going to get weird. But I was going to start a men's group that there were two there's, – there's two elements to the men's group. And it's going to meet once a week, like later in the evenings too, you know, like 7.30. So like everything's shut down, right? And you have to bring two things. Um, one, we're going to do a workout. Right, so you're gonna do a workout. We're gonna do an hour long badass, like banging music, rip your shirt off if you want to, type of workout. Right, yeah. like get after it. But the first hour, um, everyone who's a part of this group has to come in and brag about something. Eh, right, I respect um, that. I, I get where you're coming from. Because we're taught not to. Right, yeah. be it, humble. Be humble. Right. Well, when you're humble and you downplay everything, you miss the opportunity for the good ego to grow and say, "But you can do the next thing." Yeah. And. This title has kind of showed that for me is like, man, it was like win a race. And then you're like, cool, I won a race. And then like, maybe I win a couple or, or win that one in particular or or something to that effect. And then when you win a series, like this all grows and it becomes a point now where what else is possible? Like how much harder? How further can you go? Let's keep going. Yeah. And when we don't take a moment to brag and we just swallow that and kind of bury it because you want to be a humble guy, 
it diminishes the opportunity for that thing to grow. So now it's like, what else can I do? Yeah. Like it's freaking roll. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, man. It's, uh, it's, it's funny how, uh, you know, you're, we're taught and conditioned to downplay our accomplishments. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. And, and, you know, I think it's, and that's everybody. I mean, no, that's not totally. just, that's not just dudes. It's not no, just no, no, not no. anyone's I mean, it's sure. everybody. It's like, if you've done something, well, maybe you shouldn't make a big deal because you don't want to make somebody feel bad about their inability or their lack of whatever to, to, to do that. Fuck that person. Well, everyone talks <laughs> about the perspective thing, right? Like yeah. that quote, like, uh, you know, I thought I was, I thought I had it bad because I had no shoes and I met a guy with no feet. Yeah. Well, then this guy had no fucking legs and this guy with no, yeah, like, yeah. It's just a head. Just, and then it's just, just some ears. Like, like, <laughs> like, yeah, dude, of course everyone, like, yeah. of course there's always a, yeah. a worse story. Like, yeah. if you were the worst story on the planet, your story's not being told, by the way, because right. you don't fucking yeah. probably have a voice. But, like, they're always... But if you've worked hard to accomplish something, like... Yeah. Shout it. I'm jacked. And you should be. I'm jacked. Congratulations, man. Thanks, man. It's awesome. It's freaking cool. <laughs> it's so uh, cool. Did you know that mountain bike national championships for 2021 are back in winter park for next yeah, year. It's awesome that they kept it here. Dude. So excited. how many people are so stoked about it? Cause like what I've found having listened more and researched more about the whole national championship thing is a lot of guys who aren't like shoe ins for a win because it's two years in the same place mm -hmm. every year uh, or every, every round. Right. Right is a lot of guys would go the first year, almost, not as a mulligan, because I don't think you line up for a national champs race thinking anything other than I'm going to be national champ. But they give themselves the room for, I'm going to learn this year, and I'm going to race real hard next year. So when this was my original goal, because mm -hmm. it went apart, the number was 30. I was going to ride the course 30 times this summer. Right. Before I raced it. Yeah, because then... Every rock, every route, every corner. Like it's like somebody right now. Oh, dude, you want to race me at Apex? <laughs> Fucking bring the noise. <laughs> I've got seventy-two rides on there. Yeah. Like if somebody wants to race, race me at Apex. Like I promise you, you can't beat me. And and that's like I'm just putting it out there. Yeah. I mean, we got the giddy up in the back pocket too. Like yeah. I can like in the terms of a race, up and down. Like there are yeah. people way faster than me down. There's people way faster than me up over there. But com combined. You, you want to race the loop? Yeah. Let's party. Nice. And uh, I want to feel that way about the Winter Park course, you know? So. so, well, back to the NUA thing. You're going to the last race, which has been re or moved to October or something or another, yeah, late, the, late October. Yeah, 24th. Okay. Um, and that's like, you'll get, I'm sure you'll get a, a winner's jersey, a leader's jersey. And a bunch of cool shit, right? Yeah, they you know they've done different stuff each year. Usually, so you get all your entries for the following year, which is a huge financial I mean, that's, gain. That's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, it's you know because they're usually about two hundred bucks a race. Um, you do get cash, you get a check. A lot of the races I got checks at them as well, but you get a big check for winning. And then in years past, they've done stuff like comped people's trips to Cape Epic, mm -hmm. comped people's trips to Laruda, right? Like because the race director for the NUEs looped in with a lot of these big other big events. And so it's TBD, right? So you don't really know what the full what the, what full, the full boat is. is but I mean, yet. I got dope stuff at all the races that you win. Yeah. So I'm excited. Oh yeah, man. And that's part of the reason. I, you know, I, I hit them up I'm like, "Hey, you gonna do an award ceremony or something?" Like, yep. I'm like, cool. I'll be there. Yeah, definitely be there. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I was already pretty much gonna be there, yeah, but yeah. now I'm like, definitely, definitely. De yeah. In in <laughs> that in the in to have that moment. So um, so yeah, dude, it's gonna be some cool shit. I, I'm sick. excited to come back and say what say what I got. Yeah, man. It'll I'm, without a doubt be awesome. 
Yeah. Keep saying LaRuda, and every time you say LaRuda, I pucker a little bit because you laid out, a, you laid a challenge. Dude, what are you going to do about it? This could be okay for those of <laughs> you listening. All right, this is so, so you go just ahead. got go super ahead. like because you had a little more. We're as honest as this relationship has been, yeah, because you bared your soul a little bit I, a I moment did. ago. I did. I challenged Harley, um, because I know how Harley works. He he needs an event, he needs a thing, and that's and that's fine. There's nothing, I, I'm the same exact way, and I challenged him to join me on what I know to be just a fulfilling fucking thing, dude. And so, I said, do it. There are, man, there's layers, man. Well, dude, there's, a, okay, here's the deal. There's, there's at least a hundred reasons to not do it. No. It, and there's only like two or three reasons to do it. So the biggest reason for me to do it is because I'm scared to do it. Right. Does that make sense? Like, no, totally. Um, they're like, uh, I'm scared of that event. If I pull that aside, um, I just don't know if I have the drive to do that event. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know, like, I don't know what about it doesn't get me like, I, I've had a number of friends be like, dude, you signed up for dirty Kansas. And I, I, I never have. And you would think based on what everybody knows about me, Breck Epic, Leadville, blah, blah, blah. You know, we were signed up for Big Sugar, which did get canceled for this year. Um, old Man Winners, Long Race. Like, you know, everything that people know about me and my relationship with bike racing points to 30 Cans of being an event that would, without a doubt, at some point be on my calendar. Similar with LaRuda. Not similar. Well, similar race type is what I mean. Like, here, uh, here here's where... so. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm a little fucked. <laughs> so here's the thing. Dirty Kansas riding up and down gravelly hills in Kansas. Yeah. Okay. Now, the event is what makes it cool. Yeah. I mean, it's the same Similar, thing with Leadville. Right. Similarly with Leadville. Like, riding up and down that shit's not that much fun. It's, it's the, the event, event, right? Yep. LaRuda is so fucking cool, even if it wasn't an event. Yeah. So the first year I did LaRuda, I was fucking, I was scared too, man. I'm like, I'm, what am I doing? I'm traveling internationally with a bike. I'm going to do this race. Now, like, people call it suffering. Um, I like to do that shit. I think Kansas, you have to enjoy, like, you have to embrace the suck yeah. at Kansas because you fucking, it's Flint, Michigan, hilly shit. It's just bullshit. Boring as fuck, yeah, It's just right? hot, hot fire roads. Yeah, it's like what you endured. Like, yeah. oh, man, like, you're a badass. At LaRuda... You're riding through fucking jungles, dude. Right. Like it's so uniquely cool to yeah. like what we do that it's just a crazy experience. If you get dead last, you still rode through jungles. Yeah. That was kind of hopefully my... you didn't get like abducted by like drug cartels and Yeah. I mean it's Costa Rica, <laughs> they don't even have those. Costa Rica the Ticos are like the <laughs> the nicest people on the planet. But um they, they don't they don't even have a military or, right. or whatever. So um but it's 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 such a mountain biking cultural experience that I would argue if you commit to doing it may be the single best thing you've ever done in your life. Well, we'll see as an event. So the, the major, the major barrier to entry, and this isn't that like Molly's some ball buster, but a major barrier to entry is for me to tell her that I'm spending money on an international trip. Um, and she's not invited. Right. Like that would be a huge barrier to entry. I mean, you couldn't do it. 
Couldn't do it. Couldn't do that. Like, no. I'm going to go. The only time I got away with it was the Spain trip in 2019. It was work. And it was work. And I was just out of my control. <laughs> By the way, your work would pay for this, too. Yeah. Um, but um, Justin hits me with the text message. Hey, it cost me all this money. There's this discount code. It puts it like, just do it. It'll all fall into place. You got a year. It's really hard to like be like, I don't know if I can make something happen a year from now. Like, um, and so I, I did kind of volley out the first like to Molly, like, hey, what do you think about coming with me and Justin and Abby to a bike race in Costa Rica? And she's like, I'm not all the way against it, which isn't a yes. Right. But it's not like a like part of Molly's personality is if there's no interest, it's like full stop. Like there's there's no gray. It's like, no, nah, I'm not interested. Which in I that. can appreciate that. That's nice. Yeah. No, it's like if she says, I'm not really feeling that, I know not to push it beyond that. Like there's no talking, negotiating, arm twisting, bribery. Like if 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 the if the initial is nah, then it's it's nah. Um but if there's a, a spark of interest, <laughs> it at least starts lingering into the Tell me more. Round out the details. So I get this code sent to me from LaRuda. Yeah. So Adriana, she's like, they assign you a liaison, mm-hmm. right? Because most of the stuff, you had to plan it all out and these things. And so you have a liaison in Costa Rica. That's part of the race. And our girl, her name's Adriana. She's amazing. She's super cool. And she hit up actually Abby about a month ago, month and a half ago, before 2020 LaRuda got canceled. And she goes, hey, would Justin be willing to make a little video talking about like his experience at LaRuda and what he thought about it and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, well, that was like really flattering to get that request. But yeah. keep in mind also, I'm, I'm one of not many Americans, right? Like there's a huge field of Costa Ricans and right. a lot of South Americans and not a ton of Americans. And so we had a good relationship with her or whatever. And uh, I felt kind of flattered and I didn't, I didn't make the video though. And um, <laughs> then 2020 gets canceled and then... I get fed this email with this discount code and it's through, we actually have one more day. It literally, and the problem with what I'm, it may expire tomorrow. So right. it said the 29th. Uh-huh. And so I, it may only be good today. Right. Um, but it would give a percentage off of 2021. Now, if the I, number you hit me with was the, like, there's a big percentage. Oh, bro. So I've spent, stupid money on that race well you've always it it's so many of your races have been like by hook or by crook so you're like putting the money together at the last minute oh dude the, this yeah the first time in Ruta. yeah oh i piecemealed that one hard yeah that was like a borrow and needed a trick it was yeah. a, but then you even also did it with breck epic last year which was on the calendar for the whole year oh yeah i, pit, I think i <laughs> the last day i think we had to get authorization yeah. anyhow it yeah. was so yeah, so I, I um, it's a massive discount, right? Yeah. So I phrased my, I get the email, I'm sitting on the couch, and I look over to Abby and I go, "I'm gonna go to Costa Rica next year for Halloween." She goes, "Yep," and that was it, like yeah. instantly. Done. And so I booked it right. But then. she's been on the trip, right? It's old hat, right? And so to my to that point, Abby and Abby and Molly are very similar. Yeah, like for sure, weird hippie chicks. Yep, right, like. Yeah. Your crystals in their pockets. Right, right. Like mine has like the hippie flower dancing in the weeds. Yours is like 
hippie flower with like a witch's broom yeah. dancing in the weed. So For it's sure. a little different. She got the, yeah. you know. No, but, you, you summed it up perfectly. They're, but they're very similar humans. I put it to you this way. Once a year, we get to go shopping for home decor <laughs> because Halloween stuff is only available once a year, <laughs> but it's out year round. Right. So uh, that's real life. We went to to Target and Michael's today. <laughs> if if this works and you and you and you do jump on, yeah, I would argue that for the three days of racing, we don't even see the girls. And yeah, we're okay not. with that. Yeah. We say, listen, hey, these are the hotels we're going to stay at. We'll even use race transport to get there. It'd be cool if you're at the hotels at night because then, then we're there at the finish line. Now, Abby asked, this year, we've always stayed on the east coast of the country because that's where you finish, right? You start in the west, finish in the east. She goes, I want to spend time in Tamarindo, though. I want to go back. So when we finish, we're going to drive all the way back across the country and then spend a few days there as like the vacation afterwards. That's the hook with the wives, right? Yeah. You get three days of vacation afterwards. I talked to Abby about it, and I go, logistically, we should do the vacation before because we're on the same coast where it starts. Right. I'm like, but I got to go like race mode, and I want to be it race kills mode. kills a day of vacation. Right. Like, yeah. So I want to go down in race mode and be like all that and then do the race and then be able to like let that evaporate and then be super chill. Like, I don't care what workouts we get. It's not about the ride. Like, so chill for the last like three days of vacation. And she's all on board. And because they're the same person, I mean – Basically means Molly's on board. Like I said, I mean, I guess I got to put it to her. I I could. It's kind of tonight. I kind of have to like book. Yeah. The, it's, it, we're in a forgiveness rather than pre- permission so scenario. I'm thinking what happens, folks that are listening, <laughs> is that you you're gonna have to you're gonna have to pay for the registration like the day before you leave, and then worry about the whole thing with the wife. And then worst case scenario, you reach out to them with a false reason and you cancel your right. registration. Yeah. But like I gotta buy the I gotta buy the race right now. So this is awesome. See, so what happened? <laughs> and, and I get I'm saying I'm gonna say D, but I'm I'm gonna use D as like the whole audience. See what happened here, D, because I can look <laughs> at him. Is that Harley just accepted the whole thing because he's already <laughs> to selling the wife on it, already selling the wife on it, right? Um, and that's kind of where that's kind of where we got to. Well, stay tuned um, on that, I guess. I I put out a, a message because I met some people at Larudo over the last couple of years that have become friends. I've seen them at other races, and I, I shout out a group message to everybody. And Amir's back on board. Um, Brad is back on board. He's out of Tennessee, Chattanooga. This guy's a nut. He's in his fifties. Amir's in his fifties as well. They're both on board already. They've already signed, sealed, delivered, booked, paid for. They're registered. So um, we'll go down and we're going to have a pretty cool group. We're going to like separate it out. So we have our own, like we'll have our support. Amir's dealing with all in-country support right now. We had people there last year. So it's all coming together. I mean, to be clear, no part of it sounds like something I don't want to do. That's amazing. Anyway. um, Well, I guess we have a hook for the start of season three. Will Harley go to Costa Rica and race bikes with Justin in 2021? Um, not if it went how my Rattler race series went. So we celebrated the NUE. We yep. got on this little side tangent, which, guys, remember, you can message us on any socials, and you can send us emails anytime. Yep. Tell me your opinion on if Harley should come to Laruda in 2021 yep. and have some fun in the jungle. But, uh, the yeah, the last race, which is why I think you bared your soul at the beginning of this episode, um, 
the biggest bonk in the history of bonkses. Yeah. Honestly, you know what? Like now that we're now that it's all kind of coalescing and coming together as an episode, it makes sense that you would think that, but that was not at all the intention at any point. Like, oh no, that's in, why I thought that for in, sure. I in, was like uh, in my mind, they were two very separate conversations. Uh-huh. And now that like we're recording and having the conversation, like, no, it's all the same conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um I mean, we I, I had a good time. I mean, we had a good showing. We had the you didn't race, but um, Abby raced instead. Abby raced cool. instead. I rode to the race. Yep, you rode to the race. You did support, um, which was it's always good to have Justin yelling at you while you're racing your bike, spraying water bottles on your head when you run by. Um, you know, so I, I I bonked super hard, and I will actually say I won't allow. I don't want to blame it on the intermittent fasting. I want to blame it on me not being mindful in the context of a race and intermittent fasting. So specs, uh, you're intermittent fasting, you're eating for what time do you start eating? So because I finish work at 7 PM, mm-hmm. my eating window is 12 to nine ish. 12 to 8, 12 to 9, depending on the day. 12 to 8 would be like the intermittent fasting rules right. of a deal. Yep. But this race was at 3 in the afternoon. 3.30. Um, so um, I, in anticipation of having to perform at 3.30, I shifted my window, right? So I started my window at 10 a.m. So I ate a really good breakfast, and I ate a really good pre-race meal. Where it fell apart is, and I've had a couple of weeks to kind of dissect this and kind of look at what I did and try to understand intermittent fasting in the context of also racing and performing and, you know, just analyzing things. And, um, I'm, I'm a very data-driven creature. <laughs> um, I was only a couple of weeks in, I want to say like maybe two and a half weeks in to do an intermittent fasting. So I was still finding my way, right? Like groping around in the dark a decent bit. Yep, yep. And body's still trying to do the same thing. Right. Like we're not quite adapted, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and also like I'm not really being a truly fat adapted athlete. Like I'm fat adapted for part of the day, but then I'm fueled normally for another part of the day. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's, it's a little bit of a mess. So I was like, okay, for the, the starting on knowing that I need to have a different schedule. Like I can't eat at noon as my first meal and expect to be fueled for a race at three 30. Like it's just, especially on the heels of a 16 hour fast. Mm-hmm. So for the three days leading into the race, I, I shifted my window and opened it up to more like a 12. Like I wasn't truly intermittent fasting for Friday, Saturday or Sunday. Um, and what happened was that I, I ate at 10 and then I ate at one thirty, but I didn't eat shit in between 10 and one thirty. Like, and so I did a calorie breakdown and I went into that race with a whopping 1500 whole calories for the whole day. No, 1500 calories from 8 PM the night, yeah, before. the night before. Yeah. So, and you have a BMR basal metabolic rate yeah. of 2000, give or take. 2000. Yeah. It's, and it's, that's at no activity. Yep. Yeah. So, and this is in, in not to, not to throw the like, I told you so. No. But this is why I don't coach intermittent fasting yeah. because I don't coach any 
fixed strategy. Yep. I coach a philosophy and an understanding of a relationship with food uh, because of just that. Like if you look, intermittent fasting works because it works like this. And mm-hmm. then if you want to make it work like, but like I want yeah, to work your like body this doesn't for work three that days. Way, yeah. And then, it, yeah, it does like the math can even be right, yep. but it just doesn't, the body doesn't adapt as quickly. Totally. And so that's where the struggles come in with this whole thing. Yep. Now I'll, I'll say, um, and I don't want to make this whole episode about what I fucking shove in my face and when I do it, but you know, I feel way more adapted now. And mm-hmm. so like, I got no hangups about how I'm going to approach the race on the eight on October 18th. Yeah. Like feel totally good about it. But went out raced, had a bonk, like a bonk, like I've never had, <laughs> um, I would I would use the term you slithered across the finish line. So you know when you're, I'm sure everybody who does anything, whether it's a hike or a bike or a run or a swim or even just you know whatever, I'm sure we've all experienced a bonk. But bonking in a race versus bonking on a ride wildly different experiences right so um it's really easy on a ride if you hit the wall and you're like man you know i'm i'll just turn around and go home yeah just pack it in today's not my day when you know a third of the way into your race that you got nothing in the tank Man, how do you how do you quit an eighteen mile race in an audience there? Like, how do you it's just public? Like, how do you just not do it? So, I one of the things I love about bike racing, or what what training in bike racing has has changed in my personality, is the committing to a direction. And I mean. At the start of, the, of this course, there was one major climb, um, really. Um, yeah, in you the just sun hit it three times. Hot, yeah. Um, I'm going up that on the you know we're on the second lap of the race. I know I'm bonked, and I know I'm bonked because I'm pouring sweat and have goosebumps at the same time. Um, I just knew there was no way I was going to come across the finish line on the second lap and just pull off. Like, and at that moment, I committed to. Coming in last in the whole race, I, I was fine with coming in last place out of every category, of every gender, age group, whatever, but I was going to finish because I don't think you can with a straight face quit an 18-mile race. Quit an 18-mile race. So that was my takeaway. Um, you know, and that's a, that's a solid – that's not like a – Add a boy, like let's yeah. find a silver lining takeaway. Yeah. That's a legit takeaway. Yeah. Um, I did. I did a big ride last weekend, and one of the one of my coaches, she was like, "What are you thinking about when you're doing these big long things?" And I go, "I'm fucking really thinking thinking about really anything." And I was, and I try to be aware of that. And it's like, no, I wasn't really thinking about any. Like, I'm gonna finish at this thing, and I'm not done until I get there. So what the hell is there to think about in the middle? And, but it takes a lot of experience to get to that level of resolve. Mm-hmm. And that race for you is just a notch in the belt of that level of resolve. Right. Because the next time, it is a, it's a 30-mile race that you could maybe quit. Yeah. 
But you go, well, no, dude, I, I'm not going to. Like right now, it's I'm not going to quit an 18-mile race no matter how I feel. But because I did that, now I'm not going to quit a fucking 30-mile race no matter how I feel. 50, 100, yeah. three-day. Yeah, on Ronuto. and on and on, yeah. Yeah, so. And, and and I've had those moments in those other distances, too. I mean, I've had those moments at Silver Rush 50. Silver Rush 50 is the most motherfucker of all motherfuckers <laughs> because the halfway point is at the top of a fire road that takes you two miles straight back to town. You could bail easy. You could be like, I'm all the way done with this nonsense and be back at your Airbnb. You could be eating ice cream downtown Leadville before you're back up the first climb on the way back. You know, and so I can't think of an event that I haven't had those thoughts, right? We we joked about it at Old Man Winter. Dude, I'm in Boulder. I can call an Uber right now. Yeah. (laughs) Like... Um, but it ties into, you know, when we were talking about the Highlands Ranch Race Series is, and, and maybe I'm saying this for the people who think like, or want to diminish what their, their events are like, oh, I'm only doing X, Y, or Z. Like my experience having done a massive, you know, six day stage race, 50 mile endurance race, 30 mile endurance race, hundred mile endurance race. The experiences are all the same in that. The resolve to continue on my th- near my 18-mile race wasn't much different than my resolve to continue on my Silver Rush 50 race. Like, it's got to be in there. No, and that, that, yeah, that, that's exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. that's, that takeaway is a real takeaway. It's a real, that's real learning. Um, that's real learning that also only comes from going out and doing it. Yeah. You know, like, you can't just, you can't do back a napkin math and, and learn that experience, you know, no. um, which goes back to why we're, why we're a race team, why we're a racing podcast. Are we the best racers? No. Um, I mean, you're nationally the best single speed <laughs> endurance racer. In this series. <laughs> <laughs> and for the record, guys, I didn't come in last. No, he did not come in last. Came in, there's two people behind me. Um, it, dude, and it, when I said slither, it's because the race finished at the top of a hill. Dude, it's so bad. <laughs> it's pretty- like finishing that, what do they call it? Finisher's Hill or yeah, some shit like, like that, that. dude. It's like it's flat and it's fast and then it just I mean it's probably 14% for 50, 30 it's yards. It's a, it's a walker for a lot of people. Yeah. Um it's gross. Um, but uh the biggest heartbreak of that was the first lap. I felt so fucking good. You know, you know actually, you know what the biggest heartbreak of the event for me was that you were so out of it at the finish line that you didn't realize that it was a church service playing God music at the finish line, which is not going on. And again, this it's not really congruent with you the way you spend your Sundays. So just I just thought it was a live music show. (laughs) So I found humor in it. Yeah. I'm like, why is there live music? Uh, Yeah, you missed the humor. I didn't understand it all. It was like, yeah, it was, you know, Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat playing. (laughs) And uh, and you didn't even get to have that like really? But no matter how bad I do at a race, I still just love bike racing. Like everybody, like I know, I know for a fact, like when Colin sees me sign up for a race, he's like, dude's just spent, dude just spent 50 bucks to finish back of the pack, a bunch of 40 year old dudes. I can't explain it. Um, like my bike, like any bike racing, dude, road bike racing right now is so fucking good. You love what? Like, you love watching it, Dude. talking about it, understanding Dude, it. Dude, I was begging you to watch that mountain time I trial know. in the Tour de France. I, I almost felt like I disappointed you because I just didn't watch it. I, 
I, I understand that my like appreciation and where I'm at when it comes to watching that shit is nowhere near where yours is. Like <laughs> they're not even in the same book. Um, and then world championships, like all the bike racing is so good. Mountain bike world cup starts, uh, I think October 1st, just, just racing a bike, man. I love how you, the pictures I have from you finishing all the races you did this year, which not for nothing, you did a good amount of races this yeah, year. Yeah, we ended up doing like, a handful. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll have five total in the, your smiles at the finish. It's just, it's just awesome. <laughs> Every time. Every I time. I love it. I hate it while I'm doing it. I've been working on an article, like a blog post, whatever, about bike racing this year. And the first line of it is, I fucking hate this. You know, um, to that point, uh, I had a guy send me a message. It was it was before Shenandoah because he knew it was, it was a big deal. He's a single speed. He's the guy that beat me at Leadville in, okay. uh, in 19 on single speed. And uh, he said, do you, you don't have kids, so I know you don't watch Monsters, Inc. And I'm like, no, I don't watch Monsters, Inc. It's like one of the best movies. I don't watch animated movies. You should watch that movie. I just don't watch No. If I had a kid, I'll watch him. But I don't watch animated Monsters, movies. Monsters, Inc. is awesome. One of these things is just draw a line in the sand, okay? Uh, anyway. Um, and, and the movie's about fear and happiness, yeah. right? It's what I, it's you don't got to tell me what it's about, I man. I own that shit. So he sent me a long message. I actually do own that. I only know about the movie. For, <laughs> but basically, the whole point of the movie is that like, like happiness is better than, is more powerful than fear. Yep. And, um, or anger or all these things. And so he goes, you know, when you're out there racing, race with happiness in your heart and not with like the anger, like I want to beat that guy. Mm-hmm. And he goes, trust me, dude, there, there is no such thing as suffering when you have happiness. And this is this like long text he sends me. And I'm yeah. like, dude, I'm the fucking coach right here. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, Who's coaching who? Yeah, you got the relationship <laughs> messed up. And uh, and he sent it to me and and I didn't it didn't go unnoticed. And in racing with happiness is such a, a great feeling. So even though there's those points where it's like really hard, you know, um, God, I just am so happy when I do it. Because mm-hmm. it's the only thing I have to do. Yeah. Right? Like I, I ran across the guy on Saturday night. I'm on a bike ride. I'm out in the bush, dude. I was coming down Georgia Pass on a gravel bike, fully loaded. It was a stupid route. I had no business being on the Colorado Trail on the bike I was on. And the sun's going down. It's 7 o'clock, and I'm just squint. I know if I turn a light on, I'm screwed because then I'm my eyes I need the light. Yeah. So I'm at that point where I'm holding on to no light as long as possible. And I come across this kid. He's got uh, he's on a mountain bike. He's got 26-inch wheels, spank wheels, like a downhill setup yeah. deal. And he's got a flat. And uh, I go, man, you got what you need. And I don't really want to help him. Because I'm in my, like, I'm, you're in your own shit. I'm nine, I'm eight and a half hours deep, right? And he goes, uh, he goes, I, I put a tube in, but it's still flat. He's like, do you have like a patch or anything? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, dude, I do. And so I stop and I pull, I have two patches and I'm on a big adventure. Yeah. And so I give him my only two patches. And then he goes, man, I just couldn't get him to stick. And I go, I pull out alcohol wipe. Here's an alcohol wipe. I need you to wipe the tube and let it dry and then patch it and do both patches. And so we're doing the deal, right? And he's like, dude, thank you, man. He's like, you do a lot of these backcountry ventures. I'm like, well, I'm riding from my house. And he, where's your house? Denver. And he looks at me and he goes, you're fucking with me. And I go, no. I rode here from my house in Denver. And he goes, holy shit. And then we had this little conversation, this little moment. And there was such happiness as I rode away from him. I hated the ride, by the way, because I'm getting my ass just wrecked. Every bump, every, like, it's it was miserable, right? Not, yeah. I mean, I appreciate the gumption, but... Bad route, ill-advised, <laughs> and uh, like I'll never do it again. Right, that way. Done. And uh, I was so happy I got to help him. 
I was so happy I got yeah. to be in that moment. He ends up asking me, he's like, hey, when you get to phone service, would you mind texting my wife? And so I like, typed the whole text, got her number. Yeah. Um, I think he made his way out of that. I don't know. Who's got 26-inch tubes, dude? We can't help you out. Like, you're going to have to get those I can't on eBay. Order them eBay. Right now. Like, <laughs> it's like some collector site and God knows where. But happiness, dude. Yeah. And in, in the happiness that you exhibit when you race bikes is so cool. I, and I chase it every time. Like, I mean, I'll happily finish last. If I get to have that feeling when I finish the finish, you know, come across the finish line. When you finish the finish line, um, really happy uh, at La Ruta <laughs> in 21, you'll be on a beach. Yeah. Yeah. No. Think about that. I know. I know. Like at an ocean. I know all the things to think about. I know. <laughs> so that's going to wrap it up for season two. Guys, this has been a year where two types of people surfaced in the industry of bikes bike racing podcasts. Otherwise it's the people that said, you know what, we'll just wait till next year. And then it's the people that said, you know what, like run, run what you brung. And when you blow a tube, you got to fix cause you got to get home. And, and it was really our approach this year is we put in a tube and then we blew that tube. And so we stuffed a bunch of straw and like pine needles and we filled the tube back up. And then we rode that bitch because it's called no fucking ride around. Right. And, uh, that a fit on the jersey but it's it's it might be offensive <laughs> but when you get to the feature you go right over it and that's what we did man start a race series start a race team travel across the country win a national title finish a bike race with no fuel in your system and fucking smile that's what we do yeah man well i think season three is going to be fun there'll be some story to tell it might be a little rude story you never know Never know what's going to be, but we're going to find out. See you guys next season. Thanks, guys. Don't wait! You're not done! So get the fuck out! Don't wait! You're not done! So get the fuck out! Don't wait! You're not done! So get...